Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. This is Legally Sound Smart Business, and this is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And this is where we cover business news with our legal twists and answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. All right. Well, let's just dive in here. I'm a big NBA fan, and it's been a great playoff so far, but unfortunately, there's this underlying issue that's kind of taken the headlines. Even if you're not a sports fan, you probably heard about this. So Donald Sterling, he's the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers. I believe he's the longest standing owner in the NBA. I think he bought in 1981. And he's been involved in a lot of lawsuits throughout his life, a lot of which based on racial discrimination, other forms of discrimination, just all sorts of terrible <laughs> things. But finally, I think it looks like it caught up to him. He was There's a bunch of legal things with this, but let me get the story first. So he was recorded, a private conversation without his knowledge or consent was recorded of his where he's just saying terrible things to his... I don't know exactly what the relationship is because I believe he's still married to... Maybe he's not married. I don't know. But basically, this young woman recorded this conversation where Donald Sterling said all these pretty bad things from a racial standpoint, and then it got leaked. And the NBA finally said, enough is enough. There's a new commissioner in the NBA who just took over in February. So this is his big first task here. And he came out and banned him from the NBA, showing up to games, being a part of anything with the organization. Now, he still gets payouts, but he still owns the team, but they just banned him. And that's another legal issue there is you know, whether he could do that. But what it comes down to also is if they get three-fourths of the remaining owners to vote that they want to kick him out of the league, they can, which is kind of crazy. But that's what the NBA Constitution, I think is what it's called, says. But I don't know what you want to talk about this because there's so many legal issues going on, but I assume you at least heard about it. Yeah, there are a ton of legal issues here. But one legal issue that I think is missing that I think people are talking about but is just not there is, is it legal to be a racist? And the thing is, is that... You can. Everyone's talking about, oh, like maybe some kind of labor law discrimination or anything like that. And first of all, understand that there's no allegations that he took action or some kind of discriminatory act. It's just his comments, of course, reprehensible in itself. But the point is, is that there's no labor law violation and there's no statute that he's broken. The reason it's a legal issue is because there's some contractual obligations that he has to abide by under this, what Matt described as this NBA constitution, which the name in itself is kind of funny to me, but oh well. And so that's really the issue here is, okay, did he violate the constitution? And if he did, what can they do about it? And can the owners, the rest of the owners, you said, was it three-fourths or two-thirds vote? Three-fourths, yeah. Three-fourths. So can they basically kick him out of the league by forcing him a sale? And I think there is some kind of provision, but I'm not sure how clear it is whether his actions or his comments here warrant such an action under the Constitution, the NBA Constitution, that is. I'm glad you brought that first point up because it really isn't being talked about. Obviously, all the things he's done are terrible and he shouldn't be involved in the league. No no one really thinks he should even be around anymore or associated with the NBA, but you're right. Like it's he didn't break any laws. He just says bad things. And so, you know, from that standpoint, it is and Mark Cuban I think nailed it with what he said. This is he said it's a slippery slope that they're just gonna try to ban him. And this was before they even announced anything and but he's right. He didn't do anything wrong. They didn't break any laws. And obviously what he said is bad and 
there are broad powers. So the commissioner did have apparently broad powers to do what he did. He took a firm stance. And I think from what I've read and what some sports law experts have said is if they do get a three-fourths vote of the owners, which seems like a lock that they're going to do that, but then they will be able to kick him out and there's really nothing he can do about it is what they say. Now, he, this guy is very litigious. He's definitely going to appeal it. He's definitely going to stick around and try every single thing he can to prevent this from happening. But it's just kind of crazy how, how, how things have sorted out. Yeah, and I don't know if Sterling's actually gonna. I know he's litigious. If if it's even worth for him to fight, because I think the repercussions if he tries to fight this will be even more than what it is now. At least he can sell his team for uh, top dollar right now. I think. But here's the thing about this Constitution vote. I think they're having trouble hanging their hat on a provision within the this Constitution which would allow them to force a sale. I think the closest thing they found was a provision in which they could force a sale if an owner should, quote, fail or refuse to fulfill its contractual obligations in such a way as to affect the association or its members adversely. So I think the argument is that there's some kind of morals clause within the contract with uh, the owner and he violated that, and that violation has an effect of, to the association and its members adversely. So that's where they're hanging their hat as far as uh, trying to kick them out. I haven't read through the Constitution and bylaws, but it's um, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, either have I. Like I say, he still owns a team, so he still makes money off it. And he, we'll assume he's going to be forced to sell. He bought it for $12 million, and from what everyone says, he's going to be able to sell it for at least $1 billion. So he's going to make out pretty well. Yeah. But the thing is with these NBA owners is it's not about the money because they're all making a ton of money. It's about the prominence behind owning an NBA team. It's a very exclusive club that it's very, very hard to get into. So I think it's more of that sort of issue that he doesn't want to give up that. And That's you know, true. You can sit front row, center court, right in the center every single game. Everyone sees you and that'll be gone. Well, for him, I guess he's banned from going to any games and <laughs> I guess that'll be gone for him for, for a long time, forever. You know, I was thinking what I first said about his comments aren't illegal in itself. I should probably preface that in the sense that I don't want employers out there pretty much saying whatever because just because, let's say you are a racist and you make those comments out loud, especially in the workplace, it could be construed as harassment. And if you end up terminating one of your employees and that employee happens to be of a certain race, it could be construed that the only reason that you terminated that person was because of their race. And they're going to use that evidence of your previous comments against you. Yeah. And that's, we don't have enough time to talk about this, but that was an angle I wanted to take too, is what do you do? And the question of the day kind of gets into this, uh, like, what do you do if you have a Obviously, if someone is saying comments in the workplace, an employee, then that's an issue. But what if you have someone who says things outside of work, just blatantly racist comments, but never says it at work? So you know that you know, it's underlying and that's there, but they, they come in the office and they're fine. It's just probably not the type of person you want to have around. But I mean, what can you do about that? Are you talking about the employer or the employer? Because even if the employer is in private a racist... I think that information alone, evidence alone, can be used against them if there is an action of wrongful termination or harassment based upon discrimination. Let's get to our question of the day. I think this is applicable. All right. Let me read it here. You're going to make me read like always. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> One of my employees is, is very annoying. He does great work but I can tell he is not liked by most coworkers. I also know he will sue if I fire him. 
how can I handle this best from a billboard company in Sacramento? Okay. So what I was kind of getting at is when you terminate somebody, some people are just going to be angry. And it doesn't matter if there's legitimate reasons, whether they're a poor employee, they may just want to sue you back for whatever reason, and they'll find a reason to base their lawsuit on. And it could be some very, uh, what seemingly innocent joke that you made years ago, and that may be a little bit too colorful for the workplace, and take that and make a connection to why they were terminated. It happens all the time, and sometimes there's some truth to it, but when there's not, it's going to come back to haunt you. So I guess that's always going to be a problem. It's a tough call, and that's what I was kind of getting to before. So what if you have someone like this Donald Sterling-type character that is working for you, and you know they're annoying at work, but they don't really do anything wrong. They're just kind of an annoying person, and then outside of work, you know, everybody doesn't like them, but they do great work. You're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. I think at least when you actually do the termination, you have to go through the right process. And we've talked about in the past how to do that. A good legal counsel can do that. But let's assume that you know how to terminate somebody the best way possible. Assuming that you're going to get some kind of blowback, whether it's a lawsuit or or whatever, I think one of the best ways is to insure against it. There's a number of types of policies in which cover not only wrongful termination allegations, but also labor law violations. They're not for everyone, and they're a little bit more pricey than other types of employment-related insurances. But in this case, it might be worth to get, especially if you have any kind of high turnover. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a great way to add some a layer of protection. So what would you do? Would you keep this employee or would you fire him? Sterling? No, no. <laughs> just this hypothetical... I guess that's not hypothetical. This real person that you have, you know nothing else about other than they work for a billboard company. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know me. I mean, if if someone annoys me, I, I'm not going to put up with them. I don't have a very high tolerance, especially if they work for you, you know? Yeah. But that's just me, I suppose. <laughs> you have to be around them every day. It takes a toll after a while. Yeah. It, it brings the whole company down, the culture down, and no one wants that. It's not a very fun thing. And it's true. One What's the saying? One bad apple ruins the bunch or... I think <laughs> we've made it pretty clear on this podcast you don't need to be coming up with all yeah. that. <laughs> I don't care. But what is it? It's it's uh, some kind of it's poison, poison apple false. I don't know. What is it? Tell me. One bad apple spoil the whole bunch. I think that's what it is. Yeah. See? Spoils a whole barrel. You can take it a couple different ways. No, no barrels. Just I searched it and there's a uh, one bad apple spoils the bunch in Snopes to see whether it's an actual, there's truth to it or not. But well, anyway, you get my point. <laughs> yeah. I always understand it is the only correct phrase about 90% of the time it's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, well, I'll work on that. So, okay. So, so we answered the question. From a legal standpoint, we did. And it's kind of a judgment call for the person, whether they want to actually fire the annoying employee or not. It's a common problem though. You have an employee you want to get rid of and you know there might be blowback. What do you do? I think really focusing on that transition, whether it's going through performance reviews or whatever, even if it's an at-will employment where you can fire them for any reason that's not illegal, having a basis that is based upon performance is always going to help as a defense and building that evidence so that that's more clear. Even though you can fire them because they're annoying, perfectly legal, but with this extra evidence, so to speak, it makes it much easier to defend any kind of lawsuit in that respect. 
you have a couple options. You can one plant what you think is drugs on the employee, but it's actually a salad like Michael Scott did, or you can yes. be like Jim and just prank Dwight all the time. So those are your two options. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I prefer the Jim pranking, uh, just because it's a little bit more funny. Whereas calling police into your office is just a little too dramatic for me. All right. Did we tell people where to send their questions in? Yeah, but we can say it again. Did we? Okay. Ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. All right. Well, that's our show. Have a good day. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.